Unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding. Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unbadding. I'm Dana Pereira. And I'm Jessica Presley. Jess, I feel like uh, spring sports are upon us, and um, I don't have like a second to breathe. Oh, no. Well, that's what you get for being a breeder. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what I get for being a breeder. Just busy, busy. How you doing? Um, you know what? We are hanging in there. We don't have spring sports happening, but we do have a very busy life. So in that regard, I definitely relate to you. Um, I had spoken a little bit last week about um, having been the solo parent for a week. So I feel like we are back in the swing of things of normal dual parenting life, which has been quite nice. Um, but all in all, things are going pretty good. So I saw this post on probably Instagram, but it was like um, allowing yourself to have one lazy day a week, like one day a week where you do nothing. I don't know. It's beneficial in some way, shape or form. I honestly just saw the headline. Don't even remember the full thing. But do you ever allow yourself to have just like a lazy day? Yeah, I do. I think I'm pretty good with myself about having lazy days. Um, I think the thing that I struggle with is allowing my kids to have lazy days. And so I've been trying to be a little bit more intentional about that. Um, days where they can just like go and be and exist. Because I'm always like, you know, eat the right thing. Don't watch TV. Too much screen time. Put the phone down. Do something for your brain. Move your body. You know, yeah. like I always have these like prerequisites that they need to do if they want to be lazy and do nothing yeah <laughs> so I'm trying to be a little bit better about giving them opportunity to be lazy so it's funny that you say that because there was another thing that I saw on TikTok <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this really popular like mom TikToker who Whenever she was young, her parents never let her watch TV or like eat sweets or do any of the things. And she was like, and now I'm like uh, an alcoholic that overeats my emotions and binge watches Housewives. <laughs> She's like, so go off, Becca. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be balance in all things, right? So um, I feel like if I give them that one day a week that maybe they won't be a binging alcoholic eating their emotions. Yeah, and and binging housewives. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although back in my day, I did really love a good uh, full day of housewives or, you know what, my um, big teen mom. Yeah, I was going to say my big vice was teen mom. Fuck, I loved that show. <laughs> I've always been into like forensic files, <laughs> NCIS or, you know, something like that. But yeah, you and Robin, our cousin, didn't you guys both love teen Teen Mom? I don't know if she watched Teen Mom, but I was definitely more the like, I don't know, like the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll have like to edit reality this out. TV. Yeah, it was reality TV, but it was all the emotion stuff. Like I loved for, I think I've watched like every episode of Intervention. I've oh. watched all the Teen Moms or like things that had to do with like relationship and, and um, like people. I, I don't know, their traumas and how they manifest in their life. I don't know. I've always been super into that stuff. But Teen Mom and any good pregnancy show, I was also addicted to um, a baby story for a very long time. Oh, Do you remember I that loved, on TLC? Loved a baby story. But that's Me too. because I wanted a baby so bad. <laughs> I think I was always obsessed with the birth part of it because when it was like a C-section, I'd be like, next episode. I didn't like that one. What about the one that was, I didn't know I was pregnant, where they're just like oh, shitting yeah. out babies in toilets? Yeah. Yes, that was a great one. Or like, um, what was the other one? It was like My Strange Addiction. 
Oh, where people would like eat soap and stuff. Uh, yeah, like the wall or like baking soda, some sort of cornstarch concoction. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> I loved all yes. those shows. <laughs> all you know what? Me too. In fact, I'm actually surprised that you're not watching Love Is Blind because that is like a very juicy relationship based show. How are you not on the Love Is Blind train? I think I'm just kind of like off the TV train. I go through waves. I like sometimes I'll read more. Sometimes I'll watch more TV. I feel like the last um, like juicy kind of reality show that I watched was I'm not even gonna remember the name of it. I'm gonna have to look it up so we can put it on the episode. But it had to do with like these moms and sons that went to this like resort in Mexico and then the moms all dated each other's sons and it was like cougars with the young boys and it Brimstone was just don't interviewed one of those women yeah oh, it was so addicting I could not stop watching Dave was like what the fuck are you watching and I'm like no 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 no. you gotta watch this it's so good I it's loved it so perverse because they did not know at all that their sons were going to be dating right <laughs> they thought they were just gonna be like on this dating show right and yeah. that yeah I don't know it was it was pretty wild but it was very entertaining and I really think that like some of the women were catching feelings and the men were catching feelings too. I think some of it was just like to be on TV and like not be a one that lost. But yeah, um, I think some of them made some real connections, but there was definitely, I love to psychoanalyze people when they're like on these shows. I think that's why I like the emotionally charged ones. And I'm like, Ooh, she's got a father wound. He's got a mommy wound. <laughs> like pairing them up. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go back to love is blind. You need to, because I do the exact same thing, but with all of the players on love is blind, I'm, a I think I watched the first it. season of that. And I think that like a black woman and a white guy got married. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that season. Yeah. That it, was didn't, a good it didn't sink me in for a number two, but oh. it was pretty juicy. So, I mean, the first one, they, it gets wild. I'll just say, like, it's just, it gets wild. There's go back there's for round two. Crazy shit on all of them. Um, but I love this because, um, we had a guest today. We did. It was so nice. It was so nice. And and we were talking on the episode about how there are all of these distractions, like frickin' reality TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how, you know, we need to kind of get back to simple. Um, our guest today was Cynthia Clark, and she is a hypnotherapist amongst a laundry list of many, many other things. Yeah, she's a well-qualified individual. And I will say that um, even just talking with her, I feel like I don't know, like just her voice and her presence. It's all just like so soothing, so calming. Her energy is so grounded. It's just really nice to be, to share space with her. So I'm really grateful we had her on today. I love everything about her. She's been one of my best friends for over a decade now. Um, and she is that person. She's a... Uh, She's like home for some people, you know, like she feels I know that I never have to worry about being judged with her ever, ever. I could spit out the gnarliest thing that I could think in my brain and should be like Danaism, you know, <laughs> like, she, right, right. Um, so, guys, she is running us through hypnotherapy and visualization on this episode, and it is a ride let me tell you it is a ride and stay on till the end because she gives us like a like a little technique or some tips that we can try at the end if you want to kind of do a little hypnosis on yourself so I thought that was pretty cool too that was so please enjoy Cynthia Clark hey everybody welcome back to another episode of unbatting and if you're watching this you can already see that there is another face here today <laughs> I have one of my best friends on the planet, maybe every other planet as well. I'm not sure because I can't remember visiting those planets, but today we have Cynthia Clark. Hi. So to Welcome. Be. Yeah, we're happy you're here. Hi. hi, hi. So Cynthia, tell everybody kind of what your gig is. Why are you here? 
Awesome. So I'm Cynthia Clark. I am a clinically certified hypnotherapist, um, Reiki master teacher, NLP practitioner. There's lots of little titles like that that keep going on, but that's not who I really am. I don't think that's, we're not our titles, right? Um, and I wanted to kind of tell you guys a little bit about what hypnosis really is, what visualization is and why and how it's so powerful and how it's, um, really helped guide and train and change and transform my life and what it's done for my clients. So, so what, what is hypnosis and visualization and are they hand in hand or are they completely separate things i believe that they are hand in hand so hypnosis is a very natural state of being so it's just a different brainwave so right now what we are in is called beta you're listening to me you're understanding what the words that i'm saying your brain is processing at this brainwave right so when you maybe sit down to read a book or you watch TV, you enter into a different brainwave and usually that's around alpha. So everything starts to slow down. That's why when you're reading a book or when you are watching TV, you can have those emotions. You can feel like you are in there, like it's really happening. It's why you get scared. It's why you react. It's because your brain has slowed down to the point where your conscious mind, which is always looking out for what's going to kill me, what's going to hurt me, what's going to harm me. Danger, um, danger. Yes, yeah. Um, has calmed down and shut down to the point where your conscious mind, everything is entering that point. So what you're watching, what you're reading becomes very real and it goes straight into your subconscious mind. So then you can have those reactions. You can cry, you can feel scared, you can feel whatever is happening on that screen or in that book. So it's a very natural, natural state. So quick question for you. The, the thing yeah. that's coming up for me when you're saying this about like things going like directly into your subconscious mind, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, what do I want to put in there? Like, am I sure I want to watch this? Am I sure I want to put Absolutely. this in my brain, in my body, in my experience? So as a hypnotherapist um, and having this information, like, is that something that you're aware of when you are like opening yourself up to entertainment? A hundred percent. 100%. I have gotten in trouble before Cynthia's like, Dana, turn off your fucking true crime podcast. <laughs> I'm always like, if it makes me scared, I don't want to watch it. Yes, 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 yes. I can't, well, honestly, I can't watch any horror movies anymore because it I'm just- so with you. It's that, and then you want to go even deeper than that, like opening portals and like, there's all kinds of deepness that happens with that kind of stuff. So that's a oh. whole nother episode, but- yeah, I want to get into that one eventually. I know, I know. I'm like, do tell. Yeah. <laughs> what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you, when you are in that state, you are so susceptible and the powers that be know this. So like TV, um, that's why it can become that part of like that addicting to that point, right? Because mm. it's like a stimuli that's happening and it goes right. You know, you see a commercial for in and out and then you want in and out. <laughs> You right. know, every damn time. So how does that affect you as a parent on like what your kid consumes? So honestly, she doesn't really watch I, our generation. They, that generation doesn't watch TV. Right. So it's more of what is on their screens. Um, when Aiden, I have a 14 year old daughter. When she was young, I vowed as crazy as it sounded to keep her busy. And I took so much slack from lots of people around me when she, I put her into dance and competitive dance. So she was competing at a very, very young age. Um, but I wasn't thinking about when she was five and six and seven. I was thinking about right now when she's 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. So she has something that is keeping her mind busy. She has a goal. She has something that she's reaching and striving for. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that that has done wonders because she's not consumed I mean, this generation is consumed with their telephone. Let's be real. Oh, Everything yeah. Is absolutely. You can't get away from it. But she has another outlet that she's focused on where I don't, I didn't have that, you know? So yeah, absolutely. And I try to, 
you're you're a mom so she looks at me and she's like oh what you do is so weird but then every so often I hear the little driplets of seeds that have been planted coming through her language and I'm like okay it's getting in there you know yeah yeah I love that yeah yeah so whenever um you're talking about like the tv or the reading the books and that's whenever um you get scared or have emotion and I know that there are some people out there that have no emotion reading books or is it like different people um just get into it deeper or different people block it a lot harder or aren't open to it what do you think that is that's a good question um I don't know do those people even read books or watch movies then I mean (laughs) you know like I I've never really heard of someone not being able maybe not experiencing the book like that but everybody has sat down and watched a movie and been like oh wow scared or afraid or felt the emotions that whatever they're trying to convey through it so yeah at some level we're in that state every single day have you heard of highway hypnosis that happens too what is highway hypnosis so think of a time when you're so lost in your thought and all of a sudden you've exited the freeway and you don't even and then you're like whoa how did I, how did I even get here? Like, it's yeah, just they com- automatic, right? So, right, they'll commonly refer to it as autopilot. Yes. Yeah, same thing. So you're just in a different brainwave because you've been so in that thought process of what's happening. And then you enter into that state and you just automatically go where you're going to go. That's really funny that you say that because just a couple of days ago, I'm driving my kids to school and I pull up and I was so deep in thought that I actually was like, how the hell, like my body was on such autopilot getting here deep in those thoughts that I was almost concerned. Like, was I paying attention? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I know that I'm a safe driver and I, so I felt like I was, but I also felt like I was not, I was very consumed with the thoughts that were going on in my brain. Yep. Yep. And then you, so when, when I first go into a session with a client, what I like to explain to them is, um, you may hear me, you may not hear me, you may go into a state of what I like to call la la land. It's kind of the feeling of right before you go to bed and you like you start to fall asleep and then your mind starts to wander and like you start thinking weird thoughts. That's mm-hmm. when you're first entering into that that deep theta brainwave. And from theta, you also access the parasympathetic mode. So that's where your body starts healing. Like when you're getting a massage, right? And you start to fall asleep. Well, when you get up, you're already in that theta brainwave. You're already in that zone of like healing, um, doing something like, like right before you go to bed, right? So if you're saying affirmations or if you're starting to visualize what you want to bring into your experience and co-create, you can do that effectively right before bed too. So, cause you're starting to enter that theta brainwave and then you start to think and feel and start to see what you want. And also it's like your brain is going to slip into that other dimension almost right up into that gamma waves when you sleep. So thinking about what you want to start creating the next day is going to leave your brain in that same frequency, so to speak. So like, I love listening to um, binaural beats of different frequencies. So my brain is constantly getting a frequency wave that's that's good for my brain while it's sleeping. So what about sound machines? Because yeah. I've heard, are sound machines good or are they so. not good? I mean, like the the white noise stuff? I would think so if, I mean, you could always test it, I guess, and see what frequency is coming out of it. You don't, so there's a whole thing about like radio music and that like four, 440 um, mm-hmm. hertz is not supposed to be really great for your brainwave. Um, but anything that's like 432 or um, five, what is it? 480, 
587, 582, one of those two. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different ones that are different frequencies that are really good. So that I just go on YouTube and have, that's all free. You're like, what's the good ass frequency for my brain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we kind of like started a little bit into like the different brain waves, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So let's say like you have a client coming into a session. What are the things that your clients are coming to you for? What are the things that um, our listeners would consider hypnotherapy for? Yeah. So I see a lot of women that are kind of stuck spiritually or stuck and tired or, um, you know, you have this bigger purpose in life and you feel like you're kind of on this rat wheel, right? So a lot of times it's doing some, I know you guys just had an episode on shadow work and I love me some shadow work. So digging really deeply into, okay, what may be holding me back? And then how do we fill that gap to the other side? Um, Maybe it's anxiety. I work a lot with anxiety, a lot with um, trying to visualize what you want to bring into your experience. So when I say visualize, um, think of it like this. If I were to ask you, how do you get to your house? You could automatically see it, right? You would create it in your brain. You would see it. You would feel it. You would know. So that's the same. It's like accessing part of your imagination. And that's what's so beautiful here is we're taught that our imagination is so fake and not real, but it's actually how we design and start to co-create and really create the things that we're bringing into our life. Mm. Like just like the room that you're sitting in, Dana, that was a thought in your brain before anything. Mm -hmm. You thought about it. You felt into it. You're like, wow, this would feel beautiful. This would feel great. This is what it looks like. So your thoughts, it's TFAR. Your thoughts become a feeling and then your feeling becomes an action and that action leads to a result. So when you're saying this to me, I feel like this could go one of two ways, right? You can um, T-far your way into beauty. You can T-far your way into hell. Boom. Yes. It's just a matter of like the awareness and choosing which way you want to go. Right. And or being intentional about it. Yes. Yes. So we are always creating, we are creator beings. So are we creating by default or are Mm -hmm. we creating deliberately? That's the question. So many people are creating by default because it, I mean, we just fall into this rat race and like what we're told is so important. The things that we just money, 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 money. You're not, you haven't succeeded unless you are the manager and then you need to be the general manager and then you need to be the CEO. You have to constantly be climbing this ladder. And I get that, like, sure, it's nice to like have dreams like that. But I do think that so many of us have forgotten um, like the the real um, like heart hitting reasons that we're here. Yes. So let's say that example that you gave Dana, like about like climbing the corporate ladder, right? Um, So from what I gather, Cynthia saying, it's like, you can climb that corporate ladder and create this like beautiful experience and life and internal dialogue about it, that it feels really fulfilling um, and is a part of your beauty, a part of what you've created. Mm -hmm. Or you can be like, my boss is a dick. I work all day, every day. I hate my job. I hate my life. And it can become your like your real life hell. Yeah. It's a matter of like what, what picture you're going to paint. Absolutely. And then it's, you mentioned just like having, having awareness. So awareness of your thoughts. So your thoughts are just these patterns that start to happen. Like literally it's neuroscience in your brain. There are neuro pathways in your brain and your next best thought, even though it might not be a best thought at that point is automatic. So it just chooses that same pathway in your brain because it doesn't know any other way. So once you kind of bring yourself out of the smaller picture, and I always tell people to take this 
eagle eye view, right? You look from above and you start to be in awareness and almost see yourself from this third person up here, maybe even your higher self, right? We'll talk about that more later, but you start to see, and then you're not in it. And then you can go, okay, I get to now question this thought. I get to say, is this really true? You know, like what's a horrible thought that most of us have, right? I'm not good enough. This isn't mm -hmm. good enough for this. Am I being a good enough mom? Was I X, Y, Z, all of these things, these core values that are there that mm -hmm. maybe aren't even really, that aren't really true. It's just something that you grew up with or that was implanted in you in those years of zero to seven where you're just a sponge. There is no conscious mind it's all subconscious and everything goes straight in there to create exactly who you are now so a lot of the work that i do also is going back through the timeline and allowing people to access these i always call them these these small but big moments where something core happened and created this version of you or this thought pattern or something that's not even really true, but that you're still tying onto and holding onto the negative part of it, then that, that then rules your life or your decisions. That was, your that's something that I think about a lot because, um, you almost start to feel a little guilty whenever you have this understanding that your thoughts create your reality, right? Because if you're starting to have thoughts where, you know, uh, you know, you are thinking bad things and then bad things happen, you're like, oh my God, I did this to myself. So whenever you're trying to switch that, you have you know, good thoughts creating the good things and you have the bad thoughts creating the bad things. But what level of energy goes into each of those things? Because it's like, if my brain automatically is like, fuck you, here's a bad thought for you. And I'm, then I'm like, shit, I don't want whatever's coming from that. <laughs> the good thing is, is that it takes a little bit longer than that. <laughs> right? Otherwise, we'd all be really, really fucked up. <laughs> well, I mean, I have had some instant karma before. <laughs> When I do notice a recurring negative thought coming up again, like, you know, it all kind of stems from this like awareness. That's how we shift things. We first must become aware of it. But when I notice that I have a recurring thought that's coming up, um, I will oftentimes give myself a counter thought. Like when it comes up, I'm like, if I'm like, oh no, so-and-so is going to get sick. I'm like, I'm so grateful we've been healthy this year. Yes. Yes. And that helps me feel like I'm not allowing the bad thoughts to do damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if it's something that is a reoccurring thought, redirecting and then going back to it and going, okay, where did this even come from? Like, is this even mine? Or is this my mom's? Is this my dad's? Does this even belong in my body anymore? Okay, cool. Thank you. I've learned from it. I get to that, you know, that's part of integrating the shadow. That's part of it is really going, okay, is this mine? Is this not mine? And do I get to love on myself even when I'm having those thoughts? What do I need in that moment? So then I can go, okay, cool. Let's move forward and create something new, working on those neural pathways, which is NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. It's the programming of your mind because our brains are malleable. So is, is hypnosis and visualization a form of, what did you say? So- they're honestly, I really feel like they all go hand in hand. So I always tell people hypnosis and visualization is like meditation with a purpose, with a goal. So you're sitting down, we're relaxing you. I take you, I'm a theta practitioner also. So I take you into the theta brainwave. And then from there, we create your home base, which is your safe place, whether it's the beach, the mountains, the desert, your own room. Dana's like, yes, I love I've this. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there is where we venture out into the work, whether it is timeline therapy and you're going down to the seven-year-old you that um, was embarrassed because she Peter pants and everyone made fun of her. And then you created this whole other persona and blah, 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 blah. Right. But it's still something so deep that you're tied to and being able to love on that little seven-year-old and give her whatever she needed in that moment is huge. And I see 
grown men, women, children go there and there's just tears. There's these beautiful tears because they're really connecting because time isn't real. They're really connecting with that version of themselves. And there's something deeply healing. And I did, um, I did your rebirth 10 week class. Yes. Um, where we did a lot of hypnosis and there was a lot of that you have seen me ugly cry more than probably anybody else because anytime we did it, it was just sobbing 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 and Dana's not ugly when she cries yeah. <laughs> she can't be ugly if she tried no. <laughs> but I I specifically remember and and just this is kind of funny um because whenever you and I weren't talking and I was doing this shadow work with Cynthia um you came up so much. Mm. And I remember one specific thing where, I mean, it was something that I was holding on blame to. And I don't remember like particulars of it, of what it was, but I remember having an immediate awareness and going, oh, she was on, th like, this was what was going on for her. Like she had taken me into wherever I was at and, and immediately I was like, oh, she was in this situation and I was in this, and, and it like changed my perspective so much around that situation that I like came out and I was like, oh, holy fuck, this isn't a blame situation. Mm. And I, I loved that class. I hated going to it. I'm not going to lie. I fucking hated going to it. <laughs> but it was so worth it. <laughs> it is. It is. And now look at you guys. I, I know. know. I mean, it's so beautiful. When Dana told me about this, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. So much yay. So I have a question about like how open people have to be in order to um, go under hypnosis. Like yeah. if they're like, unconsciously a little stubborn about it like are there ways to break down those walls or do you just yeah. have to like find the openness yeah uh, honestly um I kind of like those people it's fun because it's a challenge yeah and not only that because uh, you can't I if I was given a penny for how many times I've been told you can't put me under hypnosis <laughs> See, I feel like I'm the person that's like, I want you to, but also like, I'm not sure it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I and think also people have an idea of what hypnosis is that they think it is. And that's not what it is. Like, you're yeah, not, you're not gonna like bark like a chicken go, or yeah. the ground or like you have you have awareness when you're under right. hypnosis. So it's not let like me explain that part, what you were just talking about. That is. That is a hypnotist doing a performance. So a good hypnotist, he knows in that panel who he can take to that place. And guess what? None of those people are going to go and cluck like chickens unless they want to cluck like chickens. <laughs> You're never going to do something that is beyond your morality and your boundaries. Never. The people that aren't going to do it, they're just going to, they're just relaxing. They're chilling there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Like when you're in this state, we're not taking you to the depths of where we're going to perform surgery. So I actually learned from a woman, her name was Marla Brecker and she's in San Diego. She's amazing. Um, she used to perform, like take people, go into the surgery rooms with people and put them under and they wouldn't have anesthesiology. Oh my God. No anesthesia. None. Uh, uh. So that's how powerful your brain is. That's incredible. To cut off that feeling and to know that's what we can access. That's what we can do. We're not taking you there in a hypnotherapy session, in a hypnosis session. We're not taking you that deep. We're taking you to where you're relaxed, where this person that comes in and says, I can't be hypnotized or isn't as open as they want, they want the results, but maybe they feel like there's some sort of block there when they're opening their eyes. 
I don't know that I've ever had someone that is like, oh my gosh, I don't feel great. <laughs> like everyone feels great. They're like, that was amazing. I feel so relaxed. I feel so good. But also I feel like people that come to this type of therapy and treatment, um, they've been through everything else. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done, it's like the, like, please help me. Right. I'll do anything. And there's always some openness in that. Right. And you're going to get the most beautiful results for yourself when you commit to yourself. Cause it's not to me, it's not, it's not me performing for someone. It's you doing the work for you mm-hmm. and you being open for you. And when your heart is open to that, that you can move worlds. So, so I have one experience with, um, hypnotherapy And, um, I went to this person because I really struggle with, uh, a phobia and, um, I have lived my life with this phobia of vomit Mm -hmm. in like the most debilitating way. I've just like, it is, I won't go on certain trips. I won't go on certain car rides, certain boats. I won't participate in things like all of this. I've always just orchestrated my life around this thing. And so I decided like, you know, the person that comes to you that has tried to do it all right. Like, oh, somebody please just help me. Um, And I went to this person with such an open heart and an open mind and like really so much hope that this would be like the answer. Right. Um, And I definitely felt like I was in a place of deep relaxation, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel like I made any progress with this. Did you particular... do it one time? No, I think I was there for a few sessions, oh, maybe okay. three. Yeah. So what I would say with that is that our healing is never linear. And so it's like this continual circle that starts to happen and maybe there's something else under there that needs to be looked at. So it's different than going in. And I don't know what this, this hypnotherapist did if she went in and she was just reprogramming things or did she take you back to a moment? Cause that's what I would have done. I would have been like, she was reprogramming. She was like, are we are grateful when our bodies are sick because you know it helps us get rid of things that don't need to be in our body you know like things like that that she would say but I'm was like Mm-mm, nope not me I don't do that <laughs> yeah it reminds me of the episode of friends where he's like playing the tape in the background while he's sleeping and then he comes out a woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that would work I need yeah. a, a voice going through my whole sleep session all yeah. night so- my first question to you, Jess, would be when you're in this state right here, right now, where does your mind automatically go to when you think about that? What what would have, when did you first have that inkling and that issue? Like, where do you logically think that it came from? Um, I don't know where it came from. I remember when it started and it was whenever we had like younger brothers and sisters that would like get sick every year. Yeah. And that was just like awful for me. Was it awful because it was your job to go and clean or be around it? No, it was awful because I wanted to leave and my parents wouldn't let me leave. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't in control. I was like, just let me escape. I can't escape this hell. (laughs) Control. Control. Where else else does that show up in your life? What's that? Where you have felt like you're not in control and you want to leave, but you haven't been able to leave. Um, I don't know where that shows up, but that's you don't like, have to answer that right now. But yeah, like, yeah. think about like, right. No, but that's really the cool. feeling that I get when I think about like, oh my gosh, if I'm on this party bus and somebody gets sick, I'm stuck here and I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck on this bus with somebody getting sick, or I'm stuck on this boat, or I'm stuck right. in this room with this kid that I chose to be a mother. Yeah. <laughs> that throws up every time the trash goes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have you question that too. So like, does, what is the big problem there? What is it? Are you really stuck? And if you are, 
is that really a bad thing? And then if you are like digging deeper and deeper and deeper, is this really true? Okay. If that is, then is this really true? Okay. If that is, then is this really true? Like starting to get to the core of whatever the fear around that is. But also I would have taken you back to that first moment. And not just reprogrammed. So what is, okay. Reprogramming, taking back to a certain, I didn't realize there's like different techniques here to do different things. There is. is. So I was trained in, um, cognitive behavior, behavioral uh, hypnotherapy. So cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy, and then Mm -hmm. Ericksonian hypnotherapy, and then also energy medicine techniques, and then also NLP. And that was my hypnotherapy course, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's lots of different techniques. So then there, the NLP is more of like situational things. So like, if you guys were to close your eyes right now, and I asked you just to see that situation and to see how big it is, and then to shrink it down and then to shrink it down again and to drain all of the color in it out of it, and then to throw it behind you or anything that you're keeping to running into, um, that's NLP. So doing something in your mind, because our mind sees life in pictures, in Mm -hmm. frames, in picture frames. So something that is happening in your life that keeps reoccurring and keeps showing up could be something that you're, you have a big, huge picture of that you continually start to run into. And so your mind has made it this big, huge thing when really maybe it's not even that big and you get to control that and shrink it all down and throw it behind you, take all the power away from it. And then you get to paint this new picture. I remember doing one of those with yeah. <laughs> Same with like a movie theater. That's really, really beneficial too. Like seeing yourself watching the movie of your life and then backing up again and seeing yourself as the director watching the movie, watching yourself watch the movie screen. Interesting. And then so seeing yourself watching blah, 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 blah. Like being, this to me is just like higher self, higher, higher self, higher, higher, higher self, right? Yeah. Yep. Because then you're out of that, you're out of that box. That little tiny thing that looks so big whenever, like, sure, if you're at the movie theater and you're sitting in the front row, it looks humongous. Right. But if you go to the middle, it's a little bit smaller. And then if you go to the very back row, it's a little bit smaller. And then, you know, you just keep backing up. That screen gets smaller and smaller and smaller. (laughs) It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And kids, when I work with kids, because I work with a lot of, um, I mentioned my daughter's a competitive dancer. I work a lot lot with competitive dancers or um, athletes, baseball players, soccer players. Um, Kids are just so fascinating to work with because they're so creative. Um, I always say that they don't have all the dead bodies that we have. Mm. So they're not like just dragging a bunch of dead bodies behind them, right? I <laughs> hope not. <laughs> like we are. Yeah. That's right. what we do. We drag right. all our dead bodies behind and until someone teaches us how to let them go. And kids, kids don't have all of that baggage and they have this instant access to this part of their brain where like, I don't even have to take them very deep. It's kind of just like, close your eyes. We create this beautiful bright color around them. That's their confident color. And then from there, we kind of go down, ground them into the earth, come back up and we create their safe place. And then from there, they tell me all kinds of wild things. Like they're at a beach and the ocean is purple and the sky is pink and there's a giraffe and the lion is telling them how they're worth everything that they want. And they're, they're like, their purpose is this and they can do anything that they put their minds to. And like, these are their words, like nothing that I've told them, they come back with this information and it's amazing. They're just love kids so much. I'm like actually a little jealous right now, if I'm being honest, because I'm an adult that is so fucking logical with everything. I'm like, Oh, well my safe space has to have a comfy chair, you know, like <laughs> or a really big mug to hold my warm coffee. And they're like, I mean, everything would be um, very realistic mm-hmm. rather than the ocean is purple and the sun is blue. And right. there's a, I mean, 
What a beautiful thing. Kids have this luxury of such a beautiful imagination that is kind of beat out of us when we grow up. It is. And honestly, I think that's the big transition that we're going through right now is that we're going back. We're breaking away from that logic and we're going back into the truest, simplest forms of what's inside of us, because that's where all the answers are. It's not going to be from him or her or the TV or wherever it's inside. And when we start trusting that deep intuition, that deep, deep knowing that is always there, always there, our life gets simpler and simpler and simpler and everything, all the distractions, all the crumbling that's happening around us, Mm -hmm. it doesn't affect us in the way that maybe it used to. So then you start to create this new baseline of what your, your, your baseline to life is, right? So you're, you're not dipping way down here anymore. You're dipping maybe here and then Mm -hmm. you're here because life's not going to be perfect. You're not always going to be way up here. There's still going to be oceans. I always say there's, there's a catapult effect that starts to happen, especially when you do this work. So you start to move forward, right? And you're like, oh, things are great. I, I'm having all this awareness with my thoughts and all this stuff. And then life happens. And instead of it looking like a lot of people will come back and be like, oh my gosh, this is happening again. But it's just your healing, healing like this. And maybe you're on the catapult. So you're going back to revisit it. And then you gain the knowledge and then boom, you're ahead more. So it's almost like those dark nights of the souls, those things that happen where you think that you're rooting back into an old version of you. But the truth is you're never an old version of you because there is no possible way. You're always moving forward. Always. It's what we do. So what about when, um, like you, you said, whenever you're getting it, you're, it gets simpler and simpler and simpler, like your, your life, simpler, 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 but in order to kind of make it in this world or live in this world that we're in right now, there's so much chaos and it's filled with so much stuff. There's social media, there's TV, there's podcasts, there's just so many things like are, how do we balance that? Like, how are we, are we meant to balance that or are we meant to just get simpler and simpler and simpler? So When I say simpler and simpler, I mean, it's simpler because your internal life and your internal mechanism is calm. That's, that's your foundation instead of being in fight or flight all the time. Mm -hmm. So you can take the information that's coming from the outside world. You can process it and discern it and go, okay, do I want to hold on to that? Or do I want to move forward with something that's actually resonates and that's the truth so like a good example would be watching the news oh yeah are we getting anything from that watching it every single day that we're taking that's bettering our life is knowing every single awful thing that's happening in the world helping you in any way no for me it's it's not it's so hard it's especially if like i mean especially empathic part yeah yeah and so then what is the option? You're going to find out about the things that you need to find out about. But can we take our power back in that moment and go, okay, do I really need to know every single thing? And can I, can I come back to having a little bit of more silence in my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever you're saying that, I'm thinking like, you know, kind of back to where we started, like this idea of like programming the subconscious or what we're allowing in. And so whenever I, let's say I'm in a deep scroll and I see something come on and they're like, you know, you're, this is going to happen or the fear mongering, like all of these things, I have to think to myself, like, okay, is this something that I want to allow my body to generate feelings around? Because when I generate feelings around them, especially negative ones, it's kind of anchoring it in my body. And I don't want to hold on to those things. So oftentimes, whenever I feel those coming in, what used to be like my curiosity to be like, oh, no, what's the terrible thing that's going to happen that I need to be prepared for, mm-hmm. right? I might sit for a second and be like, ooh, that's generating some fear. Scroll. 
like <laughs> on to the next thing. I don't, cause that's not a feeling I want. That's the feeling that like I'm doing all of this work to move through. Like I want to move through fear. I don't want to keep um, allowing the messages to come in and like leave me paralyzed in this fear state so that I'm not creating the most beautiful life that I want to have for myself or the most open heart that I have for my, for myself and for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like when you're talking about like simplifying things, like that's the goal, right? Like I want to be in that place of calm existence. And so that the other things that are coming in, I can discern for myself, mm -hmm. like, is this something that I feel like I want to carry with me or is this not yeah. ring true for me? And it doesn't mean that you don't have to have empathy for what's happening because you absolutely do. That's part of being human. And I think that's part of the stage that we are starting to get to as our consciousness rises. That's another thing that's happening. Um, but it's like, can I, can I feel it and then move above it and see a bigger picture and know that there is literally divinity in everything, every situation. Yeah. Also, you know, I feel like whenever these like mass things are coming up that we're all watching, right? Like if you grab the attention of the masses and you're putting negative attention on this one thing, you are lowering everyone's vibration to that thing, to that frequency. And so we're all like getting more dense instead of more light. And so sometimes I feel like I'm doing my community service by like not playing into that. I'm like, nope, I'm not giving my energy to that. I know this is a real thing. I know that this is happening, but I can choose if I want to dig into that and live in that vibration or that frequency by giving my negative energy to that. And I'm like, no, I will send my love there. I will send my light there. I, I feel for people who are going through um, difficult things, but like I'm not going to um, like give my negative energy. I'm not going to I'm not going to build the power in that. Yeah. Don't perpetuate it. Right. 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 But what about the people that are meant to do that? I mean, I do think that there are people that are here that their calling is to do those things. Right. Their calling is to pay attention to those things or to push forward in the world, whether it's, you know, the stuff that's going on war wise or whatever. Well, you think there's different people that are meant to do different things? I do. But I think here's my question is, is the way that we've gone about change. Really new. <laughs> you don't even need to finish it. It's a new. <laughs> So if we as a human race and as a consciousness understood how powerful we are, mm -hmm. how powerful our minds are, how powerful our souls are, and that we are not just a human in this body, there's so much more than that. I don't think we would fight against something. I think mm -hmm. we would build to create something else and we would put all of our attention there because we know how powerful we are and how getting everyone to focus here would literally dissolve everything that's happening there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the reason that we do shows like this, right? It's like a one at a time, reach who you can reach. Um, yeah. Somebody's going to hear this and it's going to speak to them. And I don't know. I think that that's, that's kind of what we're all doing here. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always hope is, you know, it's, it's the, the shining light. As long as you're shining your light, someone's going to see it. And then that light shines on someone else and then that light shines on someone else and then it's this beautiful ripple effect that happens while you're still doing your own inner work and and staying in your own lane and taking care of you mm -hmm. and those things but the, it's like the dichotomy right so it's like taking care of you but then that allows everything to take care of themselves too because that what you're doing is you're shining everything everywhere else and then that allows someone else to do it so true yeah. So talk to us a little bit more about some visualization stuff. Yeah. So visualization is basically accessing that part of your mind where your imagination is. Mm -hmm. So like when you're visualizing, it doesn't always have to be 
oh, I can see this happening because there's a lot of people that aren't very visual. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's more, and I like to tell people that when they're in session too, maybe it's more of a feeling. You can feel it. You can see it. You can um, be how you were when you were there. So uh, like when I'm working with dancers or with athletes, if they're trying to better their stage presence or feel more confident, it's really helpful if they've had an emotion to tie that into. So like, we're going to anchor into the last time that they won first overall, right? Mm -hmm. Or the last time that they walked off stage and not even having to win when they walked off stage and they knew they laid it all out on that dance floor. They knew they killed it. That is the feeling that we're going for. Mm -hmm. And then we anchor that in for their next performance and then for their next performance. But that can be the same for anything else. So your feelings are just as important as what you're actually seeing and if you're not seeing your feelings are important too so it's it's more than just what you're actually seeing in your mind it's like the feeling that's behind it the emotion that it creates the excitement that it creates and that becomes an anchor for drawing that closer to you and making it more of a reality it's just like um what's his name tiger woods he's talked about it um he does visualization every single time he plays like that that's literally how he makes his game better is by seeing it actually happen seeing everything exact and he's talked about how that how that has played out like what he has seen has played out in his game so is there a level of like like the more detailed you are in your vision or your feeling like the better the outcome like if you can if it you stay in that state longer and you're visualizing longer. Like how do you become most effective at this? So I would say it's your, the motion and the more, the more, um, the more real that it can become for you. So like, if you think about a moment right now where you were so happy, you were elated, like maybe one of your most happy days of your lives, right? there's an emotion that comes with that. There's a feeling that comes with that. Maybe there's a smell. Maybe you can see something like that happened there, or there was a flower. All of those things are very real in your brain still. So that makes it more real for the outcome versus going, oh yeah, this is what I want to happen. This is what I see. But if you put the emotion behind it, it becomes real to your brain and to your body. So if I'm say I am trying to visualize something that I've never done before, can I use a past experience that maybe would give me the feeling that I'm after and attach that experience to a new outcome? Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Yep. That's how powerful you are. Yes. Yes. Very cool. So yes. I'm not sure if I learned this with you or but one of the things emotions like one of the things that I do and I will actually get giddy like to the point where my whole body will go tingly and be like oh. and it was I always go back to whenever I found out I was having a girl like that that feeling like that elation where my whole body just went fucking numb and I was just so happy I can access that feeling like that immediately yep and it will immediately like my smile will go across my face. The whole body goes numb and tingly. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. It is amazing how powerful that one moment was mm -hmm. that I could access it so quickly now. Yep. Yep. Next time, Dana, there's a state where maybe you're in fear about something or you're feeling anxious. Access that instead. It seems so simple whenever you just say it. Like, you're like, just do that. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah, half the battle. I tell clients that that is half the battle is you can learn all the tools, but the real test is when you are in that moment, are you accessing them? Are you remembering to use them? Are you go, are you creating those new pathways in your brain? That's that's way more than half the battle. So I guess my follow-up question is then what is, what would you categorize the difference between like visualization and manifestation? Is there a difference? Are they one and the same? I don't think so. They're all so interweaved and interlayered. Like when I hear people talk about, um, oh gosh, even like, even like stages of NLP and all that, it's all, 
it's all so connected because you're accessing the same parts of your brain. And then another beautiful way is like through breath work or through embodiment movements and somatic stuff, somatic healing, where you're actually moving the pain out of your body or EFT, which is tapping your, you're touching on those points that, that release stuck and stagnant emotions because our emotions get stuck in certain parts of our, our bodies. So that's really powerful too. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, we have kept you for almost an hour now, and I really want to make sure that we touch on your new show that you've just yeah. joined recently. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So the new podcast is it's actually season two of Sovereign AF, and that is sovereign as fuck. As fuck. <laughs> My favorite word. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, um, we're really diving into solutions. So if we haven't noticed, things are starting to fall apart around us yeah. in, in the world. And that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, so when systems start to fall apart, we need other options. And I feel like a lot of things are going back to the simplest of ways. So homeopathic remedies, um, homesteading, um, learning how to grow and, and, um, can your food, um, sovereign solutions as far as healing and inner healing and doing your own healing work. Um, I was telling you guys about becoming like understanding like state nationalists and your birth certificate and the meaning of that. And there's just so many different ways to be sovereign. And I think that's what we're shifting into right now is finding finding our own sovereignty again. And that starts with ourselves. It starts with our intuition. It starts with maybe not, um, it starts with questioning everything, but then not going into that logical part of your mind and going into your body because mm -hmm. the answers are always there. I love that. And where, where can people go to listen yeah. or to find you guys? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group. It's called Sovereign AF on and we go live every tuesday at 5 30 p.m pst and then um i also have a website i just rebuilt it Super it's fun. so pretty thank you thank you thank you i'm adding more and more stuff so it's like it's getting there like i need to add a page for the kids and all that stuff that i do with them um and that is called risewithcynthia.com um and I have a couple of cool things coming up too. I'm going to do like a one day, I'm thinking one or two days in the next few weeks, I'll have more information for you of where I just teach the basics and we do a session. So maybe one day we're going to teach the basics of hypnosis and um, even the, the background of like what the conscious mind is, the subconscious mind, those kinds of things. And then we're going to do a session. And then the next day we're going to do another session. So maybe we'll focus on the cool thing is, is that I get to tell people this too, is that you get to do all this work inside your own mind. Like you don't have to sit there and have therapeutic conversations with me. Like your mind is going to take you where it needs to go to do the healing. You're mm -hmm. never going to touch on something that you're not ready to heal or to yeah. open or to peel back the layers on. So that's a beautiful thing. So that's going to come up too. And I think I'm going to keep that super, super um, affordable just to get myself back out there. I've been doing this for 10 years now, which is yeah. mind blowing and life has happened in between there. And so now I'm coming back. <laughs> well, I love that. And I love also how you just like empower your clients to be able to do these things for themselves. You know, I feel like for so long, we've been trapped in this wheel of like needing a facilitator to help us do things or get through things. And so I think that the beauty is like, um, you know, teaching the man to fish, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Love that. And you know what? Trick for you. So one of the easiest ways to put you yourself into self-hypnosis, get a book, start reading super slow. So start reading every single word really, really slow. And as you keep going on and reading, you're going to take yourself there. You'll start to feel yourself go. Yeah. And so would you set an intention prior yeah. to doing that? Mm -hmm. We didn't even touch cool. on intentions. 
<laughs> I know, I know. We have so, so many, many episodes to bring you back for. <laughs> I know, I wow. love it. I'm definitely going to try that. <laughs> You're going to hear from me later. Yeah, so you can like write out something like a script for yourself, like I am this, or um, this is what Cynthia has a million dollars in her bank account, whatever. But it doesn't have to be anything like that. It can be like Cynthia does, you know, is peaceful and calm and serene, all those things. Just write yourself out a script or what you want your life to look like and then start to read it really, really, really slow. You're going to put yourself in the brainwave. I'm all right. Trying. So should I'm I write? Very it? excited. I know. I know. Hold on. I need one more clarifying question because <laughs> I got to get this right. Am I writing I or Jess? So I would do both, actually. Oh, okay. So I've heard that I is very powerful, but then I've also heard recently that putting talking to yourself in third person makes it almost even more real. All right. I'm going to try it. So <laughs> might as well try both. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm I'm thinking about it in my head going, well, you're only Jess in this lifetime, right? So maybe saying Jess is very powerful because that's just you right now. Mm, I like that. Mm. I like that a lot. Mm, I'm but sorry. then again, there's ideas. all these other lives happening at the same time. So, you know, that's uh, so many things there. I'm like, we just need to take out a notebook and start writing down all of the things that we touched on briefly in this episode <laughs> that we absolutely <laughs> need to come back to because everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go deep. Too many <laughs> rabbit holes to go down. <laughs> we go deep, baby. Uh, this Let's was talk about the weather here. Yeah, <laughs> go weather. <laughs> this was so I'm so happy that you were finally able to come on this was really really fun and I sincerely hope that we have you back on like a hundred more times oh I love it I love it thank you thank, thank you. you and until next time we're on bad thing baby yeah on bad on Badding, we're on batting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're on batting, baby. We're on batting.